Good morning, everyone. Welcome. We're glad you're here today. What do you think about this balmy spring weather we're having? Can, can you believe this is January the 31st? Wow. It, I, I could get used to this weather. I'm, I'm ready for spring. We're glad that you're here today and welcome, everyone. Um, it's, I'm going to pull this down just a little bit because I can't see everybody here. Uh, we welcome everyone. We're glad that you're here and hope God's going to bless you in a very special way as we worship God together. And we welcome our guests especially today. You're very important to us. We're glad that you're here and, and hope that you'll feel very much a part of our family as we worship God. Let me remind everyone of our, of our attendance sheets on each row. We'd like to ask if you would to take those and to fill them out uh, so we can have a record of your attendance with us this morning. Just Put the information you feel comfortable giving us and uh, checking the appropriate box. Especially if you would like to receive our email newsletter, be sure to put your email address on there. Uh, we send that out every week. 
and uh, it's a great opportunity to keep up with the, with the uh, uh, opportunities of worship and fellowship and service that we have here at Community Baptist Church. Speaking of which, I'd like to call to your attention a few announcements that we have today. Uh, we will be playing volleyball this evening, and we invite everybody to come. Uh, uh, we, we usually do this at 6 o'clock, but since we don't have any meetings tonight, we're going to move that to 5 o'clock, okay? So that will be 5 o'clock. I know it says 6 in your, in your bulletin. We're going to move it to 5 o'clock uh, this afternoon, and so if you want to come and be a part of that, I think we're going to have some pizza and some, some other things and, and just have a lot of fun and uh, everybody's welcome. It doesn't matter if you can play volleyball or not. You know, it, it, we just have a good time. And so, uh, so y'all come. And also that means, you know, you know what that means, don't you? You've done this enough. We need to pick up the chairs after the worship service here. So if you would, wouldn't mind helping us do that after the service, we'd appreciate it. Also, next Sunday, uh, February the 7th, uh, Mark Weaver, who is a financial advisor here in, team, here in town, um, he will be addressing all of our adult Sunday school classes during the Sunday school hour. He's going to be talking about the joy of giving. He's really caught a passion for giving, and he's going to be talking about the joy of giving and also giving some, uh, uh, some special recommendations for estate planning and things like that. So please come and be a part of that. And then the next week on, uh, not this coming Wednesday, but the following Wednesday, February the 10th, we have our blood drive. If you would like to volunteer or to make an appointment to, uh, to give your blood, please see Jika. And, um, and on that same day, that, that happens to be Ash Wednesday, uh, we are going to be coordinating with the First Christian Church and uh, Zion UCC Church uh, to celebrate Ash Wednesday. Uh, so come and give your blood early. And then we will not be having dinner here the way we normally do, but we will be meeting at First Christian Church uh, to celebrate Ash Wednesday together with First Christian and with Zion UCC. And uh, that will be at 6.15 on uh, February the 10th. We are busy for God's kingdom, and that's a good thing. And we love one another, and we love God. So let us now stand let's show the love that we have for one another by greeting each other. In the name of the Lord. Here she comes. you just
remain standing for opening him. Song of Gathering. How I love you. Let us pray together. O God of morning and evening, God of sunshine and rain, you possess all the rhythms of our lives. In the evening, you are there to give us rest. In the morning, you comfort us as we face each day. You are here when we go away, and you are waiting when we return. You are the source from which our tears run unguarded, and you are the place from which our laughter rises. You are the creator, redeemer, and sustainer of our faith, and we claim that faith today, convinced that it is real not by the persuasion of of our minds, but by the reality of your presence always at work in our lives. We believe, O God, but sometimes our days are fragile, and sometimes our language is composed of sighs too deep because there are no words to express what we feel. Sometimes our vision is blurred because we do not know what the week will, will bring. Help us, O oh God. Help us to be faithful to you as you are faithful to us. Help us in our weakness to trust that you are our provider 
and you have promised to watch over us and to protect us. Help us, O God, to be strong in our faith when we are tempted to falter. But even when our faith is strong, we feel the pain of others, and that reminds us that we do not move through this life alone. For you, O God, you are always with us, even to the end of the age. And in that, we take comfort and rest. Amen. Trust in the Lord at all times, O people. God is a refuge for us. God is our rock and our salvation. We shall not be shaken. God is good, and in all God's work, we will find our strength. We sing of all God's wonderful works. We give thanks and praise to the Lord. Please follow along the reading of Jeremiah 17, 5 through 10. Thus says the Lord, Cursed are those who trust in mere mortals and make mere flesh their strength, whose hearts turn away from the Lord. They shall be like a shrub in the desert and shall not see when relief comes. They shall live in the parched places of the wilderness in an uninhabited salt land Blessed are those who trust in the Lord. 
whose trust is the Lord. They shall be like a tree planted by water, sending out its roots by the stream. It shall not fear when heat comes, and its leaves shall stay green. In the year of the drought it is not anxious, and it does not cease to bear fruit. The heart is devious above all else. It is perverse. Who can understand it? I, the Lord, test the mind and search the heart to give all according to their ways, according to the fruit of their doings. This is truly the word of the Lord. Practice it safe. Oh. Um, kids, you're more than welcome to come on up around the front if you'd like. Around the, rather, gather around the tree. Yeah, stay back a little bit. You can sit in these chairs. That'll, that'll do. That'll do, Lily. That'll do, Paige. That'll do. There we go. Gray, do you want to come up? Are you sure? Once there was a tree, and she she loved a, a little boy. And every day the boy would come, and he would gather her leaves and make them into crowns and play king of the forest. He would climb up her trunk and swing from her branches and eat apples. And they would play hide and go seek. And when he was tired, he would sleep in her shade. And the boy loved the tree very much. And the tree was happy. The boy went away. And the boy grew older. And the tree was often alone. Then, one day, the boy came to the tree, and the tree said, Come, boy, come and climb up my trunk and swing from my branches and eat apples and play in my shade and be happy. I'm too big to climb and play, said the boy. I want to buy things and have fun. I want some money. Can you give me some money? I'm sorry, said the tree, but I have no money. I have only leaves and apples. Take my apples, boy, then sell them in the city. Then you will have money and you will be happy. So the boy climbed up the tree and gathered her apples and carried them away. And the tree was happy. But the boy stayed away for a long time and the tree was sad. And then one day the boy came back and the tree shook with joy and she said, Come, boy, climb up my tree and swing from my branches and be happy. I'm too busy to climb trees, said the boy. I want a house to keep me warm, he said. I want a wife and I want children, and so I need a house. Can you give me a house? I have no house, said the tree. The forest is my house, but you can cut my branches and build a house. Then you will be happy. 
And so the boy cut off her branches and carried them away to build his house. And the tree was happy. But the boy stayed away for a long time, and then he came back, and the tree was so happy she could hardly speak. Come, boy, she whispered. Come and play. I am too old and sad to play, said the boy. I want a boat that will take me far away from here. Can you give me a boat? Mm, Cut down my trunk and make a boat, said the tree. Then you can sail away and be happy. And so the boy cut down her trunk and made a boat and sailed away. And the tree was happy, but not really. And after a long time, the boy came back again. I'm sorry, boy, said the tree, but I have nothing to give you. My apples are gone. My teeth are too weak for apples, said the boy. My branches are gone, said the tree. You cannot swing on them. I'm too old to swing on branches, said the boy. (coughs) My trunk is gone, said the tree. You cannot climb. I'm too tired to climb, said the boy. I'm sorry, sighed the tree. I wish I could give you something, but I have nothing. I am just an old stump. I'm sorry. I don't need very much now, said the boy. Just a quiet place to sit and rest. I'm very tired. Well, said the tree, straightening herself up as much as she could. Well, an old stump is good for sitting and resting. Come, boy, sit down. Sit down and rest. And the boy did. And the tree was happy. In John 15... Um, verse 13 says, Greater love hath no man than this, that one, one lay down his life for his friends. The end.
opportunities that you bring into our lives, Lord, and we especially thank you for everyone that's here today, Lord, and we thank you for this church family that you give us, and we help you for all, thank you for all the support and the love that, that they bring into our lives, Lord, and uh, we ask that you be with all of those in our congregation that are unable to be with us today, Lord, if that may be through uh, sickness or uh, through health issues, Lord. Uh, we lift all them up to you. We have many at this time, Lord, and uh, we just ask that you uh, let us be a comfort and let us shine your light into their lives, Lord, and, and that uh, you help us to be with their caregivers also, Lord. Uh, please take these tithes and offerings, and uh, we just ask that you help us to take this money and to uh, use it in our community for the missions and for the ministries that uh, that this church helps to provide, Lord. And we ask that you be with us as we embark on this uh, debt reduction uh, program, Lord, and just help us to be uh, faithful givers because you have given us so much. In your name we pray. Amen.
Glory, hallelujah. Isn't that the truth? Someone has said that there are basically two kinds of people in the world. There are those who divide people into two kinds of people, and there are those who don't. Well, Jeremiah says in our text for today that there are indeed two kinds of people in the world. One kind he calls cursed, and the other kind he calls blessed. He compares the life of the cursed person to a bush in a desert, inhabiting a parched and desolate wilderness. But the life of the blessed person is compared to a tree planted by a river. It spreads her roots out by the, by the waters. Her leaves are green. Her fruit is bountiful. Two kinds of people. Two kinds of people. For one kind of person, their life is meaningless, empty, without hope or promise. For the other kind of person, life is purposeful, rich, filled with promise and hope and good cheer. Two kinds of people. To which group would you prefer to belong? Well, if you would like to be a part of the first group, the bush in the desert, then here's what you have to do. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. If you want to be like a bush in a desert inhabiting a parched and desolate wilderness, If you want your life to be meaningless and empty without hope or promise, then all you have to do is just sit there. Don't do anything. You don't have to join an organization. You don't have to read a manual. You don't have to pay any initiation fees. You don't have to exercise a single physical or mental or emotional muscle. You don't have to go on a diet. You don't have to make any well-intentioned resolutions or care about anything or anybody else in the world except for yourself. You see, it's easy to live in a desert. All you have to do is to withdraw into yourself. And, And what could be easier than that? Just make up your mind that you're the only person in the world that matters. You spend your time looking out for number one. You turn your back on any relationship or any reality that requires sacrifice on your part. Put up your guard against anything that might require a commitment. And you just live your life as easily as you can and be that bush in the wilderness. Yes, my friends, the desert kind of life is the easiest kind of life available to us. For you see, it doesn't require anything of us. And that's why millions of people today live where they do. Right in the middle of a parched and desolate wilderness. Two kinds of people. If you want to be a part of that first group, you don't need to do a thing. And unfortunately... There are so many people who actually prefer the wilderness. I know that that doesn't make any sense, but it's true. A lot of people, maybe even most people, actually prefer the wilderness. Jeremiah says to us that the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. 
Do you hear that, folks? He's talking about our hearts, your heart and my heart. But you see, there's something inside of us that is continually lying to us. It tells us that we can ignore the laws of good health and, and abuse our bodies with gluttony and drugs and things like that. It tells us that happiness can be bought. It tells us that we can use other people and ignore their, their needs and concerns. It tells us that the path to happiness is the path of least resistance. And it tells us to eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow we may die. But what it does not tell us is the gospel. That tomorrow does not have to be about dying, but about having abundant life through Jesus Christ. And what our corrupt heart does not tell us is that we may yet live a new and richer life. And there's more to life than food to eat and meaningless games to play. I mean, think about it. There's something within me and within you that is continually lying to us about what is real and what is lasting and what is good in the world. And if we don't watch out, a vast erosion begins to take place within our lives. An erosion of values and principles and relationships. And before we know it, the only thing that is left is a desert. So you see, all we have to do for that to happen is just sit there and do nothing. On the other hand, if we want to join that other group, the group that's like the tree planted by the river with its, its roots spreading out to the water, with its green leaves and bounteous fruits, there are some things that we need to do. If we want to be a part of that group, there are some things that we need to do. For you see, in God's world, there's no harvest to be reaped unless there are seeds that have been sown. And there are no profits without an investment. I wish there were. <laughs> I mean, think about it. You know, if I want a strong body, I have to exercise it. That's the way it is, folks, I know. If I want a strong body, I have to exercise it. If I want an educated mind, I have to study. I have to learn. Doing nothing produces a desert. But if you want a more fruitful, productive life, then there are some things that you need to do. And the first thing that we need to do is to learn how to trust God. Let me let that sink in just a second. The first thing you need to learn to do is to learn how to trust God. Now, your first impression when I say that is probably, sure, I trust God. I trust God. I believe in God. I, I love God. But folks, let's get real. It's a whole lot easier to say those things than it is to really do them. To really do trust God. You see, it's not enough just to worship God here on Sunday mornings, and it's not enough to honor God, and it's not enough to fear God or believe God. Listen to this. According to Jeremiah, our lives will be like barren deserts until we learn how to trust God. You know, we are a strange people. Some of us are stranger than others, but 
for the most part, we're all strange people. I mean, our country, think about it. We put on our coins that marvelous inscription, In God We Trust. You see it every time you pull out a coin or or a dollar bill or whatever. We see that inscription, In God We Trust. And it's a nice sentiment, I suppose, but you know what? It's a lie. As a nation, we would be more honest if we inscribed on our money in the military we trust or in our economic superiority we trust or in our technological expertise we trust. But if we were honest with ourselves, we would be hard-pressed to find one semblance of trust in God in the way we conduct our life as a nation. And unfortunately, that's also the, true in the way we live our lives as individuals. We dare not tithe our money. I mean, after all, we're still living in a time when the economy is in recovery mode. I mean, it's, it's one thing to trust God in some kind of an abstract way, but when it comes to our pocketbook, it's eh, a different matter. When it comes to our financial resources, we're, we're like that rich young ruler who, who was promised abundant life. I'll give you abundant life, said Jesus. And he turned away from God because he could not trust God with his life. Now, as I mentioned last week, we are about to launch that debt reduction campaign. Unleashed, repurposing our resources, unleashing our potential. And some of you have already made promises to yourself to give generously to this cause over the next three years as we attempt to, to pay down this loan that, we, that, we have, uh, that has shackled our potential for so long. And I thank you for that. I thank you for the promises that you've already made to do that. Others of you may still be on the fence about it. And you may think, well, I, I can't afford to give anything to this cause. And if, and if you truly can't afford to give anything, then by all means, we don't want to be the, the, finance, or the straw that breaks your financial backs. But my suspicion is that no one in this room is going to go hungry or lose your house or your car or any of your toys by making a generous, regular contribution to help your church unleash God's potential. You see, it really comes down to a matter of trust. Do you really trust God? Or is it just a nice sentiment that we put on our coins? If, you are really, if we are really going to experience abundant, abundant life, then we're going to learn how to trust God. As Peter Marshall once said, I know that God is far more willing to do things for us than we are willing to ask. And that is a great mystery. Knowing what I do about God's power and God's willingness to help, he says, I keep on struggling with myself and trying to work things out in my own way when God could save me all the anxiety and do it better and easier. I believe God is is made sad in the sight of so many of us trying to work things out for ourselves. God longs to help us, 
But we won't allow it. We won't ask. We'd rather do it ourselves, he says. And yet God can be trusted. God's love for us is everlasting. God is our counselor and our comforter. God is our enabler and the source of all of our strength and the source of everything that we have. If we could just let go and let God trust God. Not to relieve us from our responsibilities, but to relieve us from our fear and our worry and our dread. As the psalmist wrote, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all God's benefits. And as Jeremiah put it, blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord and whose confidence is in God. My friends, we need to learn how to trust God. We also need to see the possibilities that God offers us. And, And that's really kind of the second part of this debt reduction theme. The first part is reallocate or repurposing our assets. I remember when I was in Georgia when the Cooperative Baptist Fellowship of Georgia was trying to raise some seed money for a a new ministry. Uh, Tony Campolo, who was the the guest speaker that that year, and if you never heard Tony Campolo, you got to. He's a great preacher and a witty person. But he said in his witty way about this need for, for money to start this new ministry, He said, the good news is that God has already provided all the money that we need to get this ministry going. The bad news is that it's all in your pockets. (laughs) And I don't want to be crass about this, but that's the way it is. And if we want to pay uh, pay this debt down, then like I was talking about last week, it will take each and every one of us doing our part and maybe even a little more than our part. So that's the first part of, of our theme, repurposing our assets. The second part is unleashing our potential. And that's also the second thing that Jeremiah says here in our scripture for today. Uh, it, that's what he says that we need to do if, if we want to be that beautiful tree planted by the river. We need to see the possibilities that God offers us. And isn't that what hope is all about? It is to believe that that even in a desert, even in the wilderness, a stream of life-giving water still flows. We may not be able to see it with our eyes. We may not be able to feel it with our fingers. But God has promised to us that it, it does exist. Indeed, Christ told the woman at the well that that He Himself is the source of those life-giving waters. If you knew the gift of God, He said to the woman, and who it is who says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked Him and He would have given you living water. You remember that? Whoever drinks this water that comes from this well, He said, that person will thirst again. But whoever drinks the water that I give shall never thirst, but the water that I give shall be a well of water springing up to everlasting life. Wow. What a beautiful image for that woman at the well. 
And what a beautiful image for Community Baptist Church. My friends, God has some rich possibilities for your life and for our church. On a personal level, if we learn to trust God and see the possibilities that God has for us, we can learn to genuinely care about people, care about the people that you live with, care about the people that you work with, care about the people you run into at at your job or at church or at school or in your civic organizations or wherever you are. God can make a new person out of you. As someone has put it, God can turn your scars into stars. God can put a smile back on your face. God can make you a blessing to others and give you something to live for and work for and hope for. And then on a corporate level, as far as our church is concerned, man, I can't wait. When we are finally able to get rid of this debt, when, we, when that day finally comes, when we make that last payment and burn that mortgage, it will be as if the shackles have been removed and we are finally free to truly reach God's potential for us. We will be able to do so much more in the name of our God and for, God's, for the sake of God's kingdom. But the key is to trust the Lord and see the possibilities that God has for us. Charles Hadley Spurgeon once said, Many many a believer lives in the cottage of doubt when he might live in the mansion of faith. My friends, why live in a cottage when you can live in a mansion? And why live in the desert when you can be like that tree planted by the living water? Let Christ come into your life. Trust Him. Let Him show you new possibilities. Blessed is the man or woman or boy or girl who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is in God. One prominent Christian leader said, For a long time there was so much turmoil in my life, it really saddens me to think about all the years I wasted living this way. And she said, Oh, I, I was a Christian. I, I went to church and I spent a lot of time being upset about things I couldn't do anything about. I experienced feelings of, of guilt and condemnation much of the time. I didn't have any peace. I just didn't enjoy life. But thankfully, I had a radical transformation. You see, I, had, I developed the habit of trusting God. The choice is ours, my friends, on how we live our life. We can live our life as if everything depends on us. Or we can live our lives really trusting God and looking for God's possibilities for our lives. I heard about two devout Christian men who were in business together. They were having a conversation one afternoon. and It seems that an important contract was expiring that was very important to their business. And Bob said, Dwight, unless we sign that new contract within the next two months, our company is finished. And Dwight, who was a a quiet man of calm faith, responded with our lesson for today from Jeremiah. He said, Bob, let's look at Jeremiah 17. Blessed is the one who trusts 
in the Lord, whose confidence is in God. They will be like a tree planted by the, by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It, it doesn't fear when the heat comes. Its leaves are always green. And it has no worries, even in a year of drought. and never fails to bear fruit. Dwight continued and said, Notice, Bob, that this blessed person is a joyful person. He trusts in God in all circumstances and draws nourishment from his faith in God and produces healthy fruit even during a time of drought. And Bob responded by saying, Yes, that's nice, Dwight, but we still don't have that contract. That was Bob's way of saying, It's pleasant to read the Scriptures, but we've got a problem here and we need to face reality. But Dwight would not be put off by that. He said, Bob, let's take a few minutes to look at what else Jeremiah says. He says, Cursed is the one who trusts in himself, who draws strength from mere flesh and whose heart turns away from the Lord. That person will be like a bush in the wilderness. They will not see prosperity when it comes and they will dwell in the parched places of the desert. And then Dwight said, notice that this cursed person is cool in his heart towards God, having become dependent upon his own ability for survival. He's spiritually dry. He's impervious to surrounding prosperity, dwelling alone in a dying environment. Now, Dwight was not saying that they should read their Bibles and forget about their work. Don't take that away. That's not what I'm saying here, and that's not what Dwight was saying. He wasn't saying you need to read your Bible and just don't worry about your work. Don't Just forget about your work. That's not what he's saying. Instead, what he's saying here is that they need to trust God and not worry so much about their business. He was saying that that calm faith combined with hard work is the best way to prosper in all things. Well, somehow Dwight's words struck home with Bob. In the weeks following, he began to draw nourishment from his daily meditations on the Scriptures. And as that inner peace began to settle, it became obvious to the people around him that he was changing. He was less like that withered bush and he was more like that healthy tree. Someone who had truly learned how to trust God and and to be open to the possibilities that God had in mind for him. And yes, it has a happy ending because two days before the dreaded expiration of that contract, Bob and his company signed an agreement that literally overwhelmed them with work for years to come. Two kinds of people. Which group do you want to be a part of? A thriving tree? Or a withering bush. The key is to relax, trust God, and be open to the great possibilities that God has for you. And my prayer for each of us here today, individually, would be that we would become like that beautiful tree. And my prayer is also for our church, that our church will see the possibilities that God has for it. And see those possibilities come to fruition. And they will.
amazing things are in store for our future as individuals and as a church. Amazing things. If we will trust in God and grasp the goals that God has set in front of us. So here's my challenge to you today, folks. Let's jump on board and thrive. Amen. We need a new lamp. <laughs> Let's sing our closing hymn, Now I Belong to Jesus. Beautiful hymn. And it's my prayer that this is a hymn that we sing with all integrity and with all truth, really saying that I do belong to Jesus. You know, those are words that we hear and we say them. Oh, I belong to Jesus. I'm a Christian. I belong to Jesus. But it's kind of like that in God we trust. Do you really belong to Jesus? Or is it just a nice sentiment that we say? Let's sing it together and let's really mean it. Yes, I belong to Jesus. the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the abiding presence of the Holy Spirit go with you and be yours always in increasing measure. Amen.